The Incomparable Podcast, Episode 16, for December 2010. We are back on the Incomparable Podcast. I'm Jason Snell. I'm apparently the host of the podcast. I viewed myself as one of a cast of characters until Dan Morin referred to me as the host and him as the guest host last time. So, all right. Uh, this week, I'm the host of the podcast until Dan Morin deposes me and, and disposes of my body. So I would like to You're welcome... You're the host. I'm We're the, the parasites. Oh, Oh, nice. That's a nice metaphor. That voice you heard is one of my guests today because as the host, I have guests. Uh, Greg Noss, who uh, who has suddenly become a regular fixture in this podcast. Who would ahoy, have ahoy. It? It's good to hear from you, Greg. Not that good, though. And also on the line is John Syracusa. Hey, John. Welcome back. Hey, Jason. I just hope you don't let this hosting thing go to your head. Yeah. You're mad with power. Seriously. Well, you know, I had to beg Dan Morin to host the video game podcast. Mostly because I was busy with the Na- NaNoWriMo, you know, writing a novel for the month. And also because I felt like I was a complete amateur when it came to, to video games. A- after having heard the podcast, I felt Never like – I let that stop you. I, yeah, I really could have done it. And, and you made the good point that I, I was a total amateur when it came to horror movies. But um, I still hosted that podcast. That was largely because I couldn't get very many people to be on it because all of our podcast uh, participants are wimps and don't like horror movies. So including myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was stuck. I was like a seat filler for that. Anyway, across the table from me here in San Francisco is Serenity Caldwell. Hello. Welcome. Hello. From across the internet, Dan Morin joins us too. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. So as we as we move toward the, uh, toward the Christmas holiday, we're in the holiday season now. Hanukkah has passed. Christmas is forthcoming. Then New Year. That's how it works, by the way. Um, if you weren't aware, the December, there are a series of holidays. Some of which are more real and some are kind of totally made up. We're forgetting up. a very Kwanzaa important made up. holiday, Sorry. Hmm. Oh, which wh- is my birthday. Which is your birthday? <laughs> yes. When is your birthday? My birthday is on the 14th. You'll be 14, right? Oh, yes. Come on, 15. Sorry. <laughs> she's, That's okay. She's Sorry. glaring at the <laughs> really, speaker that I come out of, really, isn't she? After the Harry Potter uh, uh, fan fiction thing, there's nowhere to go but up. No, it's true. <laughs> I can just mock you all for making fun of me. Yes, please do. Mockery. We are no strangers to mockery. In our lives, speaking of our childhood. Um, so I wanted to talk about the holidays and where I wanted to start really was with uh, with uh, holiday presents, Christmas presents. I certainly have memories of getting uh, all sorts of gifts and also of not getting gifts that I really desperately wanted when I was a kid. And I, I imagine that the people who participate on this podcast would all have memories of kind of uh, gifts that in hindsight were a little bit on the geeky side that they that they received or, or even failed to receive. Um, so I thought I would start there, which is uh, what what geeky holiday gifts do you remember from your from your childhood? Greg Noss, I hear you have a fantastic story to tell. Did I did <laughs> you, I you, talk you, that up too much? You, you just pointed to the left field bleachers, and I'm going to bunt. <laughs> um, when when I was a youngun, um, so the I, 1850s. You, you may have been. Yes, we, you may you may have um, have guessed that that I enjoyed video games quite a bit. And uh, it was in in October 1977, Atari released the 2600, and it was the hottest thing going. And I believe it was a year later. I'd played them with friends. I'd, I'd, you know, broken several of the joysticks, um, Hmm. played combat and adventure and all the great games from the first year. And I I desperately wanted one just because I knew that that's what was going to be my entire life was that single piece of hardware. And so roundabout November 1978, I began a campaign of, of desperately begging my parents for it. I don't remember how much it was, but it seemed like an infinite amount of money. But I said, I, I want nothing else. I want nothing else for the rest of the year. My birthday's a month later. I don't want anything for that. I just want the 2600. And, and whatever cartridges it came with, and we'll worry about other games later. I can swap them with friends. And come Christmas Eve, there was a box that appeared under the tree, and it was exactly the right shape, and it was exactly the right size for the 2600. And so... Um, before the word squee was invented, I actually went ahead and squeed. We didn't have term a term for it back then. And um, I, I had visions of sugar plums dancing in my head, and they were all playing 2600 games. And so I went to bed, and the next morning I woke up, and... That was an Activision we, game, wasn't it? Sugar plums? It, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. You were, had sugar plums thrown at you, and they exploded? Something like that. Little, low-resolution explosions. 
And um, pew, pew, yeah. we had a very orderly Christmas at my house and we would take turns and one person would get a gift and another person would get a gift and another person would get a gift. And, and, um, did you line find, up? <laughs> yes. It, it was like Christmas in East Germany. <laughs> sort of like a, a cafeteria for presents. <laughs> Everybody gets a, a stale bread and a, a small piece of ham. And, um, finally it rolled around to the last gift for me. And uh, what I thought was the last gift for me. And so my mother goes over and picks up the box from the back of the tree and she carries it over to me and she puts it into my hands and says, Greg, this is for you to give to your sister. Oh. And, uh, I thought, well, okay, fine, fine. It, they're making it hers. I have no problem with that. I will get to play it. It's in the house. Everybody shares because we're in the People's Republic of East Germany and, <laughs> and it is a socialist paradise. And so I hand it to her and she opens it up, and it's a pair of roller skates. And you can actually still hear, out in the deepness of space, my heart breaking. You couldn't tell the difference between an Atari 2600 and a pair of roller skates? When it, was it was the, the right box. weight. I was, I was... Not the right weight. That's way too heavy for a 2600. I didn't know how much they weighed. You, they were you magic. Are, you did not hone your present uh, deduction <laughs> skills as a child, I can see. They, they only had... They had it at Sears. You know, you could go and used to play it at Sears, the Sears edition of the 2600. But it was bolted down, so I couldn't pick it up. Oh. And anyway, it, it, I, I was, I was, it was the cruelest thing my parents have ever done to me. And to this day, I think they think it's funny. And so I went through the next year, all of 1979, <laughs> desperate... To get uh, twenty six hundred, and then I got it that year for Christmas. For Christmas, yes, one year later. So you had an entire year where you're the looking at your sister's roller skates and cursing <laughs> that they didn't play combat. The fire <laughs> still burned. Did your parents know that you felt this way up until that point, or only? Yeah, afterward? I think they felt. I think they felt a little bad. They knew they were screwing with me, but I think they felt bad. Though, though, I I'll, they still considered it funny. As and, and I think that's really formed my parenting philosophy today. Is, is mock and deride and. Um, and torture your children as much as possible. Do you give your kids uh, presents that are carefully weighted to pose as other presents? <laughs> I make my kids buy their own expensive electronics. Oh, right, That's right. That's the spirit. Well, they learn the value of things then. Yes. Because and, and they, they uh, my two eldest children just bought themselves iPod Touches, the fourth generation. And um, we had a little talk beforehand that they, if they dropped them and broke them, that was on them. And they went ahead and did it anyway. So are and they I, FaceTiming around the house now, like they, showing, they, hey, look at this cool thing I found under the couch? Whoa. Yes. <laughs> and they play spy games where they'll, they'll someone will sneak into a room and start surveilling someone else and FaceTiming it <laughs> well, good. back to home base. Well, that'll, get, I, that's I, awesome. that'll get them ready for their future as adults in 21st century America. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, but I, I just recently got back from a business trip and I FaceTimed with my children. It was It was really quite wonderful for the first 30 seconds while they had something to say. And then they would get bored with me, like, in person and wander away. Would they just, like, lay down the iPod and walk away? No, it, they would start going – they would go back to watching TV or, you know, uh, having a conversation with somebody else in the room. So did your parents – were they – in the video game podcast, I think John said that his parents were fundamentally opposed to video games in the house. Were your parents yep. opposed to it or did they just not want to get it or thought it was too expensive? I think it fell on the this is a fad side. Mm. I mean, I had only really been hard. I, my first contact with computers was going over to a friend's house who had an Apple II, not an Apple II Plus, but an Apple II, and sitting there and playing games for hours and hours and hours. And and that was, to my memory, right before I started asking for the 2600. And it built from there. And I thought, you know, so I was rabid a few months later when November rolled around and I started asking for this. And they saw that the price was like $200 and late 70s dollars, which is what? Thirty, forty thousand dollars today, roughly. And um, it's good math there. But when I had when I had fixated on this thing for a full year, that I think they thought that um, I had I had earned it just through my own uh, desperation. I, and, and coincidentally, that's how I got married as well. <laughs> the power of desperation. He seem he seems like an easy bet. <laughs> it, it it the ROI on the twenty six hundred, given that that it has shaped the past thirty or so years. And has been the foundation of my career and uh, everything that I have, quote, achieved, unquote, um, since then. It was a pretty good investment. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, my dad didn't want us to get one because he thought it would break the TV. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm still not clear on what he thought that. What, like, like it the releases the, demon spirits into the TV. Like the, and you the can no longer do anything else with would, it. Would, would the TV would be confused? I'm not made for this crazy video game stuff. I'm made for live action. It would break. Well, there used cartoons. to be burn-in dangers. You could run a game for too long with the static screens on the 2600 in the early video. I game really systems. doubt that he was concerned about burn-in, but uh, but he did think. It would break the TV. And, of course, in those days, you didn't even have, like, a coaxial cable. We had, like, the little twin lead thing that you had to unscrew and then put in the adapter. That yeah, the could, RF adapter. Yeah, RF that you adapter. slide and then it would that would come on. I can't remember how old I was when when we got an Atari, but it was probably in that – it was probably, like, 80 or 79 or something like that. That's about right. So did you have a camera or was your dad afraid it would steal your spirit? <laughs> uh, good question, and I don't know the answer. Well, it did, didn't it? Yes, but I let it out later. Uh, you, you mentioned breaking Atari joysticks, by the way. And this isn't the video game podcast, but still. I, I remember breaking an Atari joystick and desperately trying to figure out how to fix it. Well, you opened it up, right? Yeah. The little white plastic ring. Oh, the white plastic ring, yeah. That had snapped and you try and glue it back together and you screw it back together and it lasts for another 30 seconds and then it breaks again. Right. And then you just try to play the game knowing that if you go to the top <laughs> left, left work. it'll it'll <laughs> sag and it might work, but it's not. Or you take it off entirely and you've got those little metal the buttons. The little metal buttons and you just try to fake it with the little buttons, which does also <laughs> doesn't work. Little membrane buttons. Good times. Good times. That's, I tried everything I could to fix the joysticks. I, I actually got out matches and tried to melt the plastic. Back wow. <laughs> yeah, which the fumes probably affected me just as much as the video games did. <laughs> well, they really didn't have a strong ROI then on, on your at, life. It explains a lot. Look at the colors. The <laughs> it's so pretty. It also taught you about advertising on television where you saw that crazy Lou commercial that would run with a guy and the, the hard hat sticking to the I-beam and you'd be like, damn it, that crazy Lou can definitely fix the Atari <laughs> controller. And you'd try it yourself and you'd see Lies. that sometimes sometimes things on TV don't tell the truth. Well, speaking of Christmas presents, there was a whole secondary market for heavy-duty joysticks for the 2600. I mean, you could get joysticks that weighed three or four pounds and had arcade-sized buttons on them. Wow. Uh, is that like the same market as the, the the keyboards that make the really loud noises that people people yeah, well, use that, now? You, you're making fun of me because I want one of those this year. Oh, oh, really? Is that on your holiday the, list for this year? The, they're like seventy dollars. The aftermarket clones of the old IBM, right, right, huge keyboards. That, yeah, that Rich Siegel from Barebone Software has one of those, I believe. The, I had I had PS2 one twenty key. years ago at my first real corporate job, and uh, you could hear me like down the hall and around the corner. Well, I have friends who love that keyboard or the um, the Apple like, equivalent. Like and I say, Hines is on my desk tap dancing. Well, I, what I say to them is, I work in an office with people. I can't use that keyboard. <laughs> Humans would come and kill me if I use that. They'd beat the, me to death with the keyboard. Keyboards are and loud you could enough do that. as they are. <laughs> yeah, you add a serious tapping, and you just ask oh. yourself for trouble. Clackety, well, clackety, clack. Oh, I was but the watching. The feel of it is the tactile <laughs> sensation of actually pushing something down that then clicks. And forces your finger back up because the spring is so strong. So that's what you I want. want it. That's what you I, want for for Christmas. I want that and Amazon gift cards. Lots of Amazon gift cards with which you can buy more keyboards. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's the only currency I use anymore is is uh, is free money to Amazon. <laughs> we'll dump the change in the house and you take them to like Coinstar and you can either get cash back at a nine percent interest rate or a fee or you can get free Amazon gift cards. Right, right, or iTunes. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done that. Hey, that's fine. I spent a lot of money on Amazon and iTunes, so that works. Ren, what about you? You got a uh, oh, a, a particularly fond uh, holiday gift memory? I'm trying. Well, on the on the theme of parents tricking children, um, there there have been a couple because my birthday is so close to Christmas. I never ran into the problem where you either got big birthday present or big Christmas present, and then then one or two of the holidays just kind of flopped together. I was always able to kind of get like separate little presents, but I used it to my advantage a lot to combine big ticket items that I knew I wanted that I knew I couldn't get away with just to go to Christmas. And I think not the original iPod because I got the original iPod I think in – I mean maybe early December. But the iPod photo when that came out, um, I remember being like, all right – you know, it has a color screen, and if you do a little bit of hacking to it, you can actually maybe make it play videos. And oh, it's so cool! And so I went around pastoring my father for at least two or three months, being like, "Yes, please, please, please buy this for me." I know I, I my original five gig is just too small and too bulky. And what if someone at school steals it? And this one's smaller. I could made up all sorts of different reasons, and then. 
I didn't. It's more valuable, so nobody will steal it. Exactly. Sure. Let's let's go with that. Um, but I didn't get it for my birthday, so I was like, okay. So they're probably waiting for it for Christmas, which they which they did in the past. I, that's how I got my first iMac. Wow, I am this sensing like, a trend in these stories <laughs> yes. about their terrible things parents do to their children. Okay, go ahead. Well, go ahead. so so Christmas morning rolls around, and there are all kinds of different things. And I like I knew exactly what the iPod photo packaging looks like because I had you know I cased out the store, and I was just like, all right, fingers crossed. And there was no there was no square box under under the tree. There were just a, there were a couple of like big Macy's boxes and things like that. So Socks. the last yeah no the last the last box is a big Macy's box, and I'm like, damn it, I got a coat or a you know like a hat or something. At that point, I wasn't nearly as obsessed about coats. I was more obsessed or, on or hats. or hats. Yeah, it was more about technology. Um, so I pick up the Macy's box and I open it, and inside is a laptop box, and I'm like, wait, what? And I open, I open the laptop box, and there's another box. And I open that box, and there's another box. And I open. And in, inside is Russian nesting dolls. Pretty much inside or was a human the, head. Yeah, inside ah. was the iPod photo packaging, and I was like, "Holy crap! They got me an iPod photo!" And I like, I freaked out, and I, you know, opened the packaging as as delicately as I could because I still like the packaging. And I open up the thing, and there's no iPod. In the iPod photo packaging. It's a coat. It's just. Or a hat. <laughs> Socks. It's nothing. And I. I got, they got you the iPod photo box. They got me the you iPod the photo box. So much. Yeah. You can put your old iPod in here and pretend. Yes. And so I, I look at my father who has this very devilishly evil grin on his face and he's like, well, you know, I. I I wanted to see if it was just as good as you said it was. And he pulls it out of his pocket and he's been playing with it for the last two hours unbeknownst to me while we're opening presents. So he unwrapped the thing, rewrapped it without the item and had the entire hit in his pocket the entire time. And then, So then he put it back in the box and handed it to you and said, give this to your sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I might have told him at that point. <laughs> Wow. But it's just, my my father has a has a long history of doing that. Uh, when I got my first guitar, there was a scavenger hunt in fourteen parts, which um, which led to the trunk of his car, which sounds like where there was a human body. head. <laughs> was was the body that goes with the head that was in uh, the package exactly in the nesting doll package. Good times. But yeah, my my dad likes likes playing tricks. Um, but that's yeah. Uh, lots, lots of evil parenting stories on the podcast today. That's that is crazy. Uh, my parents never did, I think, anything like that. My uncle once brought me a box that was enormous, and it had eight boxes inside with padding. And in the end, what it was was a two-headed nickel. Yeah, yeah. And were there two bodies in his trunk? <laughs> yeah. After he, I put yeah, him in there. The yeah. Hat. John, what about you? Any memorable, uh, memorable stories from holidays gone by? I'd like to start by thanking Ren for making us all feel old again because her childhood story was about the iPod photo. That was like last year, wasn't it? I was, at, I was, I was 15 or 16. I was 16. at that Apple event with the with Bono and the Edge at the at the yeah. California Theater in San Jose when they rolled that thing out. Oh, I was just I was just looking at the opening of the Apple Store uh, today in 2001. And, yeah, in 2001, original. and I'm like, hey, I went to I went to the Glendale Store opening, and then Dan Morin says. Yeah, you were like 13, weren't you? And then I said no comment. Yeah, our, our own Ben Boychuk w- w- covered that event for Macworld. I remember him him making uh, comments about the people in line, actually, and now I'm a little afraid. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Ben at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so John, yes, the rest of us, we've established that the rest of us are old. I think we've we yes. established that every, almost every week. But no one would have noticed if it wasn't for her because we all have similar memories and people I know. Can follow along. Just, but then it's like, Ren, yeah. just play along and say that you love when the MacBook your Atari, Air came out, man. Your, your Atari, your Nintendo. Game Boy, what's that? Oh, uh, Pong, your original <laughs> Pong game. I did get a, a PowerBook Duo for Christmas one year. So I can, I can, I can talk about my old Mac stuff, hand-me-downs, but I can talk about go. them like they're new. All right. Sure. Anyway. It's not. It's not working. John, what about you? All right, Get, take so us back. For, to, take uh, us back longer, deeper into time. Yeah. Well, I've got. I've got two things here. One of them is not really geeky, but I have to throw it out there. Um, 
and the other one is geeky. So the, the non-geeky one is to, to quote a Christmas story, is the, the greatest Christmas gift I've ever received or ever would receive. Uh, in contrast to all these parents who are cruel and tortured their children, uh, this is the reverse type of story. So when I was about 10, uh, I, I wanted a bike for Christmas, but I didn't just want a regular bike. I was already honing my uh, taste for extremely expensive things, and I wanted a specific bike, which was a 1984 Mongoose Californian, which I think was like $250 in, in 1980s money. I don't know how much it was, but since I was 10 years old, it was just an astronomical amount of money. And I remember I asked for it because I had seen someone in the neighborhood had one, and I didn't expect to get it. I didn't spend time begging. I didn't, you know... Uh, do all the things that I would later do to ensure that I got uh, expensive uh, presents. Um, and so I, we went through the whole Christmas morning, and I didn't get it. And then at the end of Christmas morning, they took me out to the uh, the porch, and there was the bike. And I still have the bike, and it's still in my basement. And even though it's not a geeky gift, to talk about you know literal mileage for a gift. I, I rode that bike from when I was 10 years old until practically I had you know a license to drive a car. And it, was you know, like six it, it was years? just... <laughs> Well, no, not in New York. Only when you're 17. But seven years is a long time. My formative years were spent on that on the hard plastic seat of that bicycle. Um, What kind of seat was uh, it? Was like a banana seat or? No, you don't want to. It's a BMX bike, a mongoose. You know, it's got the uh, it had that ridiculously uncomfortable hard plastic seat for racing because it was lightweight. But uh, it definitely gave me a taste for expensive things um, because it was very different from like that, you know, Huffy that you would get down at Toys R Us or whatever. This was like a serious bike with ball bearings and everything. So do you, do you drive some crazy expensive car now? I would, if I had the money, feel free to, if oh. anyone would like me to drive a crazy expensive car, click on those Amazon links on the podcast. Page. In, instead of driving a crazy expensive car, I, I read car magazines and I read about crazy expensive cars, none of which I actually own. So my second gift, uh, is geeky. And this is long after the phase when I had, uh, shifted into high gear in terms of doing whatever it took to get the increasingly expensive gifts that I wanted. And uh, like Ren, my birthday is in December, so I always pulled the combination birthday Christmas thing to get presents that were financially, uh, you know, unfeasible otherwise. Way to go. It's like it's like yeah. uh, something you'd see on Wall Street where it's like, well, now if we take a coupon from the birthday and then we apply that to the Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, totally. it was it was it was the hard, hard sell. And, and this was especially true for computer equipment. I was I always did my hard sells on computer equipment. So I'd have like months ahead of time. I'd have the catalogs I'd have, you know. Mac user magazine, maybe with an article oh, by old man times. Jason Snell in it. So I'd open up to the Mac Connection page that was in the beginning, the seven-page spread for Mac Connection. Remember that? Yeah, I'd with the blonde the girl things. with the headset. She was Mac Warehouse, <laughs> Carrie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Everyone knows master. Carrie. Yeah. So at, at any rate, I, I would add the, the catalogs that would come in the mail. I would circle the stuff. I would find the best price, you know, and I, and I would say, this is what I want, and I know it's a lot of money. And I, the other thing I would pull is that I would say, look – I know this is really expensive, but I've got Christmas, I've got my birthday, and I'll pay for some portion of it with my own money. So I'd also be saving my money all year long to add to the giant pool of money to pay for this thing. Wow. And what the, the what was this amazing thing that I wanted for $450? Again, in you know, 1986, 87 money, just an astronomical amount for an individual person for a present under the tree. So like a hard drive? It was an 800k floppy drive external <laughs> for, my, drive. for my Mac Plus, and you know why that was that was such a significant gift? Because you wouldn't have to swap disks. Do you understand? You could put your OS yeah. disk in one drive and your applications in the other drive, and it was like you had double the room to put. Forget about hard drives. I wasn't even entertaining a fantasy of a hard drive. I had a Mac Plus with one floppy drive that was 800k, which was you know twice as big as 400, so pretty good. But man, if I had two 800k disks, I would just put two disks in there, and I would never need anything else in my entire life. So I I burned through huge amounts of goodwill and nagging and at the end of the time i got a you know 800k floppy disk drive for 400 and something dollars and uh, that was probably the best geeky gift i ever possibly got because i look back at it and i'm like oh how could i have been so excited about a floppy drive but i was man i was excited more excited oh, than i man. was for my hard drives even so Up- upgrading from a, t- a cassette tape to a disk drive changed my life yeah that's, that's the first tape. That's very very sad isn't it <laughs> Um, and, and now I think of like what you can get for four hundred and fifty dollars. You know, <laughs> get an entire iPod Touch that uh, has more computing power and storage than seventy Mac Pluses piled in a heap. You can get two of them. The yeah. the John. So um, wow, I'm I, your story amazes and confuses me. Uh, did you? Did you end up having to kick in money of your own? Oh yeah, I kicked in uh, over a hundred dollars to uh, towards that present. To, so, so did you basically and, and negotiate like a cash value with your parents? Well, I would say, look, here's here's the best price I could find for it, 
And, uh, you know, here's like the relative cost of the gifts you're getting for the other children in the family. Wow. And here's it how comes. I can offset that. Yeah, because he couldn't be like, well, I'm not going to get you, uh, you know, well, we, you know, your sister wants this and your brother wants that. And you want some $450 computer thing that I, because they didn't understand this stuff. They're like, we don't know what this is. We don't know why it costs $450. What's wrong with the computer that we have? It already costs a bazillion this was, dollars. This was what, a presentation with like poster boards on a tripod. Did you get, was a, did it was you get a your sister to talk up, like to ask for something really expensive because I, no, I need a higher not, comp here? That's not how it worked, and they would do anything to make sure that I didn't get this because they thought they thought it was dumb too. I mean, try explaining in in the '80s a floppy drive to anyone in your family who doesn't know anything about computers. Your computer already since, has you know, a floppy drive, John. Why exactly. do you need another and, one? And that computer costs like twenty five hundred dollars. It was like astronomically expensive. Twenty five hundred dollars in '80s money. Like we already bought this expensive computer for the family, quote unquote. Even though I spent you know all of my time on it, no one else was allowed to touch it, nor did they understand it. By, and now I by want the something way, else. '80s money had a picture of Rick Astley on. Uh, that was 80s money. I think I had Michael J. Fox on it. Rick Astley is. <laughs> Actually, well, Rick Astley was on the two, but Michael J. Fox was on the 50. It's right. just, it's funny because I, I did something very, very similar. And then on top of that, it's funny because my dad and I were the two big technology geeks in the family. His birthday is the day after mine. So sometimes, like when my dad got the Wall Street, I remember he was basically pestering my mother I'm like, all right, let's let's uh, let's. I know this is a lot of money, but let's put it aside so I can buy this Wall Street PowerBook G3 because it's really awesome and it's an upgrade from the Duo. And I'm like, okay, I can get the Duo if I can pester mom to help you get the Wall Street. So it became kind of like a, a joint tag team effort and very very silly things, but totally with the with the poster boards and the spreadsheets and bargaining with the siblings, always happened <laughs> every wow. year. Wow, it was, a, so, it was a mercenary time in my life, definitely. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'm just impressed with your with your attention to detail for something like that. So we're talking about uh, presents that we got, or or apparently negotiated, or horrible things our parents did to us to mock us and not give us presents. Those are the various topics that we've got on the podcast. Dan Morin, what about you? Do you have a particularly horif- horrifying or, or gratifying story? I have two stories that, that I thought of off the top of my head. One, which was, and this is kind of indistinct because it was from when I was younger. Um, I remember getting some sort of transformer when I was probably, I don't know, seven or something, seven or eight. And I remember, I, I have very vague memories. All I, all I remember is that it turned into a car. And That's then, like the Micronauts, right? Transformers? Yeah. Don't, like, don't steal larger, my thunder there, larger. Greg. <laughs> Uh, before before Michael Bay decided to just, just you know desecrate my entire childhood, um, so I remember having this, um, and I remember being at my uncle's place uh, in upstate New York where we spent Christmas, and I was like I was so psyched about this, and I was driving it all around the floors and everything, and I just thought this was the coolest thing ever. And then on the way home, we got uh, uh, we got a flat tire on the drive back uh, to Boston. And it was dark. It was like raining or snowing or something. We, I remember we pulled over underside this bridge and somehow, for some reason, and I'm still unclear how and why this happened in my memory, <laughs> the, the, it got left behind at the place we pulled over on the road. Um, and so I never saw you, it again. You like were carrying it around and thought it was I think I must have been. Yeah. I mean, it was, I don't even know why I got out of the car, frankly, at that point. But, well, um, if you have a transformer and it's raining outside and it turns into a car – and you're stopped on the side of the road. I mean, but but I mean, we're talking like like you know six seven o'clock at night. It's just pitch black outside too, and like we're on a, we're on the, you know the Mass Pike or something. So it's not like the kind of place you're going to get out and play on the side of the road. But anyway, some kind of repressed memory in there, I think. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But I, I what remember just happened. Being, we could do a whole movie out of this. But I mean, I remember just being crushed. Is the thing like I mean, not physically, obviously, but I I just remember being so sad about this and, and you know wanting to go back and look for it and and then be like, well, there's no you know we can't go back. There's no way to go back there. And then I was just I was just you know inconsolable for for years afterwards. So I can't really remember what I got for most of the rest of my childhood as Christmas presents. <laughs> you were so focused on your transformer. I was so focused that I lost it. But I will say that the other the other present that I got um which was later in my life. This is, you know, after I think this is like my junior year of college um was uh you know, I did the Christmas morning with my parents and you know, my mother put some stuff in the stocking like normal, you know, some candy and things like that. And then they had this little like little small cube box that was like a few inches by a few inches. And I was like, all right, assume, you know, maybe she got me like a mug or something. Uh, and I opened it up and it was an original iPod in the year that the original iPod came out. And 
this was a total and utter surprise to me. I hadn't asked for one. I mean, like I had mentioned it to them, like because I remember this was the year two thousand one. Yeah, so it came out in like October, um, and I was still it at actually school didn't then. It didn't come out until November. It was announced. It was announced yeah. in October because I remember being in the, the library at school when I um, when they announced it. Yeah, and I remember being in a room online. with Steve Jobs. Yeah, I know you were. Yeah, it, by yeah, the way, rub it in, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so it rubbed. It was a. Uh, um, it was, I, I, you know, I think a lot of times when I was a kid, you know, like my parents would ask me what I want for Christmas or I tell them, you know, I want this toy or whatever. And so, um, there wasn't always a lot, it was like nice, but there wasn't always a lot of surprise to it. Um, and right. so this is probably the only gift I think I've gotten in ever in which I was really just like shocked, like speechless because I could not believe, because it was so expensive for one thing, like at that point, it was like 500 bucks, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, I couldn't believe that they would buy this for me, you know, cause especially cause it's like a luxury thing. Um, and I just was sort of t- totally taken aback and, but they totally called it, right? They're like, Oh, Dan would love this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They nailed it. Like I was so excited. Like I remember taking it home, uh, like on the drive back. Um, to um, home in my own car. They were we were driving separately. Um, I I try plugged it in and it actually like crashed like the, like within the first like five minutes of using it. And I was like, oh my god, it's broken. This is terrible. This is the worst thing ever. So I like pulled over into a gas station and I'm like pulling out the back when they still came with manuals. Like pulling out the manual, like flipping through. Like there must is there something I can do? And I finally figured out that you could like restart it by holding down the menu button and the center button. Um, and then it, it came back up and I used it the rest of the ride home. And I was just like, this is, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was, I was so excited. The original I, iPods came with pre-played like a playlist, right? Or no. was that, or that was iTunes no, no. that came with music. The one that they, I think the ones they gave out at their. The ones, event. yeah. They gave, the they press, gave yeah. press mm. ones of music. Yeah. Because no, mine, I had my laptop. CDs. I had my laptop there. So I also had like, like loaded up all my stuff from my old PowerBook G3 onto it. But it was just. I was just blown away with how cool this was. Like, I could pick whatever song I wanted to listen to. I didn't have to trade my CDs and work with all those burned CDs I had made. And, man, it was just – it was probably about the coolest gift I've ever gotten. So, basically, Dan Warren's parents win. I thought the end of that story was going to be that you uh, left it on the side of the road with your Transformer and (laughs) Uh saw it again. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have – I just would have not gone home. Well, no. He would have gotten off the Mass Pike and doubled back and then gone back (laughs) and all that if he had control of his own car. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, when you're seven, they don't let you drive. That would be unfortunate. Well, maybe where Jason grew up, right? <laughs> on that farm? <laughs> on the, Did on you the drive farm? the tractor at seven? Uh, no. No, I didn't drive the tractor at seven. Tractor? Who wants to drive the tractor? I drove a tractor at seven. It I, was fun. I drove, we, I drove the lawnmower. Is this a euphemism? <laughs> Not yet. No. Is, this code, is this code for something? Not well, yet. You went up behind a barn be. and drove the tractor. Actually, what I what I because I pretty much drove the tractor through my entire childhood. If you know, <laughs> I, I really wish we were here now because he could go off on that, and that would be uh, that would be enjoyable. Perhaps I'm glad he's not here because he would take that far too extreme and um, run with it. And run with it into the barn with a tractor. <laughs> uh, Dan, it's funny when you talked about not knowing how that transformer got lost. Um, we, uh, my wife is Jewish, so we do Hanukkah and Christmas. And um, my son just got a uh, Kirby. Speaking of video games again, he got a stuffed Kirby, which he specifically asked for. I think just in a litany of things that he thought were great. And then we got him one. And he couldn't. He was beside himself. It was the greatest <laughs> present ever because it's like these exist, and I have one. How is that possible? How, were they listening to me? Yes, we were listening to you, son. Um, But he takes that – he took that everyone to to school. They're not allowed at school. Stuffed animals can't be at school unless they just stay in your bag when they're at school. But he wanted to – that thing has not left his side other than going to school since we got it for him. And that's what I thought of when you talked about the Transformer. It's like it's so awesome. You might not even realize that you just got the death grip on it. Well, not the death grip because then you could let it go and leave it by the side of the road. But, you know, just you take it with you everywhere because it's so cool. You didn't love the Transformer enough. I tried. It was the most I had. Slipped out of your hands. I'm thinking of a Toy Story montage where a single tear is rolling down the Transformer's cheek as you pull away. <laughs> as it's left by the side. As he, as no, he in Toy Story, they just turn into a car and drive away to the yeah, very small car. Yeah, if you love an uh, Autobot, set it free. You know, it's it's funny because you mentioned the the doing doing Hanukkah uh, and of, my dad's Jewish, my mother's uh, whoops, uh, my um, my mother celebrates Christmas, and so 
um, I had the same sort of like bargaining thing with like, well, maybe I can get this for Hanukkah, but maybe I can get this for Christmas. And I just suddenly remembered when thinking about that, that I wanted like, cause I would try to pull, I know John was talking about the pulling the, uh, like the, the Christmas and birthday present combined. I would, I would try to pull the Hanukkah and Christmas present combined. Like, oh, just get me this one thing, and, like, you don't need to get me any other Hanukkah or Christmas presents. And I remember that the one thing that I wanted at one point was a um, – the castle from Voltron. There was this, yeah. like, playset castle, like, white castle. I just looked it up online because I was, like – I had a memory of it, and I looked it up. And I'm, like, that is exactly what it looked like. <laughs> um, except it looks much – now I look at it and go – it looks really lame. Really yeah, it was a pretty that. crappy toy. I remember that. But toy. it looked yeah. awesome at the time. Well, and you know what was awesome was the, were the metal die cast Voltron lines yes. that were imported that the, you get at the, the flea market. I still have those somewhere. I have those the plastic. Awesome. I have the entire plastic Voltron. That's um, the American one. That's no good. Yeah, not as good. Not as good. But it's in pretty good shape. I think it's only missing like one wing or something. That was the bad thing about the die cast metal ones. They were delicate and broke really easily. I remember my friend had one of those. Couldn't you argue that that uh, by saying just don't give me any any presents except this one thing, you were basically saying, "Hey, cancel Hanukkah, roll it all up into Christmas." <laughs> well, he was trying to get double. He's like, "Hey, I've got two different you know well, holidays. Isn't I mean, that double the amount?" No, there's a time. Half, I mean, you know. as anyone who ever ever celebrates Hanukkah as a child knows, there's a time that you try to string it out and get a present for every eight for all eight days. Um. And yep. like each day and like it's, you know, maybe I think I might have pulled that off once with my parents getting them give me like a small thing every day. Um, but oh God, yeah, almost I, never. Have, have, have almost we been never. spoiling our children because we actually gave them something every day? <laughs> Nobody told me you could just no. skate past you know, some days of Hanukkah. They're you have to look to, back at cards. the biblical record and you can see the Maccabees. How Hanukkah Did the Maccabees supposed, skip yeah. a night? I don't think so. Maybe they I mean, did. I they really were, they were like the fighting Bible a war, well. so... They were just about to be slaughtered. I don't know that Kirby stuffed animals figured into it. <laughs> Kirk, Kirby passed over the firstborn, and I don't know. Again, I don't really know the Bible very well. <laughs> you put the blood of Kirby on your door frame? <laughs> wow. Wait, did this turn into the horror podcast all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, from the video Lincoln. game podcast for the horror podcast. It's horror, that's religion. I know it's a fine line sometimes. So so when I was um, when I was a kid, I, I as Greg alluded to earlier... Um, Micronauts were my favorite toys, and my the one the big press. Why haven't you mentioned this before? This is I know it comes up every now and then. The uh, the rocket tubes. I don't know if anybody remembers rocket tubes. What rocket tubes was? It wasn't even Micronauts were those figures. Rocket tubes wasn't even like that. It was uh, like they found a toy and said, "Hey, that's a good idea. Let's make that a Micronauts toy." And it was a, a bunch of plastic tubes that you snap together. And there was a base, this plastic base that you plug in, and it basically had a fan inside of it. So you'd stick the tubes onto the base and then – and it was like – almost like a, a racetrack except it was a, a, a tube. Um, and it had this little like capsule that was a, basically a plastic uh, oval that, that fit a Micronaut in it. You could stick a Micronaut inside and then you dropped it in the tube and turned on the fan and it created air pressure inside the tube and it would shoot the guy around like it was a race car except it was all air pressure in this pneumatic tube. Maybe they had like leftover pneumatic tubes from the from the fifties, and they're like, "What? What the hell are we going to do with pneumatic tube technology? Nobody Make them wants into that." Toys. A toy, a die, a die cast plastic toy, brilliant. Let's play nineteen seventies drive through banking window. So, the, yeah, exactly. Well, it was the seventies, so they, it was leftover just, parts it, from Flobies, maybe. It was just called banking window then, Greg, because it was the seventies, <laughs> um, and. And so – but the cool thing about it was that it had two modes. It had the mode where you – it was like a racetrack and you could like shoot you, – you'd flip the switch and the air would, would go from being diverted to being pumped into the tube and, it, and the thing would shoot around. And that was kind of cool but it got boring. But the other thing you could do is it, it, it had a the, – the place where you diverted it was on top and it was also that same size kind of plastic ring. So you could take the straight pieces and pop them on the top. And stick the guy down in and then flip the switch and it would shoot the guy out with air, pa- air power and he would fly across the room and basically – I was going to say what shatter. happened when he reaches the end of the track because it can't be a circle no, it if is, you're pumping air pressure. It, it, it was a circle. It was a circle, I think. And it was just a, and, and, uh, like a, a side vent that yeah, was yeah. pumping the air. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So it would go around and it would slow down and then it would speed up and it would – and you know. It was – It was. I think back now and it's like none of the things that I liked about the actual toys were in this product and yet, man, that TV commercial was awesome. 
<laughs> are the TV commercials always the best part? Like you watch those and you're like, this thing looks so cool. And then the, it, it rarely measures up to oh, that. Get it. I it's see my kids. My kids do that now. And the worst part is my kids don't have the immunity. We all had the immunity of like watching lots of commercials and knowing, oh, well, it's a commercial, but uh, it looks cool. My kids, we have, you know, TiVo. My, so my kids have no commercial immunity at all. So they, they but, will they will see a commercial and be like, I must have that right now. It is the greatest thing ever. It's like, no, no, commercial, commercial. They, they it's kind of scarier though, right? But how like, do they see ads though? Well, um, like, sporting events or oh, occasionally if there's TV. like – or, or occasionally there's a kid's show and they don't they, – they get bored and they don't or, – or they're not paying attention and they don't fast forward. And in fact, that's they, – they, when we're not around and they're watching a kid's show in the other room because we're bad they parents. They don't fast forward. They, they don't fast forward because the for, sweet forbidden fruit of the, the commercial. Commercials. It's kind of scary though because it's one of those things that points out just how effective they are, right? Like oh, it's mine. you know like mm. like there should be warning labels. It's like mind control. It's amazing. Although my son that that happened once with my son where where I was watching back the um the iPad introduction um for work. I, I was just because I was there and I I you know when you're covering it as Dan as you know especially uh it, it's kind of a blur and then you go back later maybe and watch whoa, whoa, whoa. it. I've been to Steve Jobs events? Yeah, occasionally. I don't, I don't remember. All right. Well, that's true. It's a blur. This is you're proving my. Where's point my here. transformer? Any, anyway, my 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 son, it, it, I didn't realize was watching from behind the couch. And after I was done, he he's like, "Daddy, I have to have an iPad right now." <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, he's in the reality, reality distortion field." No, and but it turns out it's just the commercial field. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have immunity. I, everything, have that, everything they tell they're me trying, is true, They're right? trying to sell to me, right? Like they're trying to, to make well, me more. That's well, how I explained commercials to my the, children when they first saw them. I said uh, – he, he was watching a show and said, Daddy, what's this? Because he'd never seen a commercial before in his <laughs> life. I said, I said there's a commercial. He said, what's a commercial? I said, it's, it's the things they put on TV to make you buy stuff. And now he, now he, his first impression of them was that someone trying to make him do something. So that's how he understands right. commercials. And, I and he rebels against the idea of someone making him do anything because it sounds like how we would make him do something. He still can get pulled into the field, but I also taught him how to 30-second skip very early on, so he really does skip the stuff on his own. I like that you have your priorities in line. I describe commercials to my children as, they're lying to you. (laughs) (laughs) That takes it one step further. Yeah, well, and you need to do that, right? Because there's that that expectation gap where you see it on TV and it looks really cool, and then when you get it, you're like, oh, this isn't really not that good. But that's part of growing up, though, isn't it? Like, you have to learn that yourself. My big thing was, like, mail order. Crushing, humiliating disappointment. And you'd wait six to eight weeks for it to arrive in the mail, and it would come, and it would be this piece of crap that you saved your allowance for six months to get it. I I send in cereal boxes. Yeah, I totally For the Battlestar Galactica play kit in whatever, the 1979, presumably. And it took – it was like allow six to eight weeks for delivery. Well, first off, that was a lie. It took like yeah. 14 weeks for delivery. And when I got it, it was like pieces of cardboard that you could fold into the shape of a Viper pilot's dashboard or something. It was so disappointing. And I, I sent my valuable box tops in for that. Did they- I will say – shrimp are not actually mermen. <laughs> I, 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 I will say that the, the, the exception to that rule in my experience was – I used to love when I was a kid, we had all of the uh, like whenever you bought a set of Legos, they would come with like the catalog for all the Lego sets. And this is back when Legos were still good. Um, And wait, wait, wait. Are Legos not good anymore? (laughs) They're They're still good. Too special. They're okay. They're okay. They're, They're, They're not they're not what they used to be. Can you All only right. buy we that? Whole, we should have a whole podcast about Lego. All right. Okay. Um, anyway, so like I remember wa- I would walk to school with my friends, again, in like elementary school, and I would have all these catalogs, and they would divvy up, and some of them would be like the space catalog or like the town catalog, the castle catalog. And we, we would like flip through those things and like pick out all the awesome sets that we wanted. And I remember that's a, that was the same sort of thing. Like you had to like fill out like an order form and make sure that you were like – I would like fill out the order forms for my parents – and be like, because, you know, I didn't trust them right. to get the right sets and everything. So I would fill them all out. And then they would take like like six to eight weeks to show up. And it would just be like every day coming home and like waiting by the door. Six to eight <laughs> weeks for a kid is torture. You, I mean, you don't it's really a realize long how time. long it is. That's, That's still right. torture. If I had to wait, to, if Amazon Prime didn't deliver things yeah. in two days, I would totally. I have two days and I can't yeah. take that. I would be that. frothing at the mouth by the time the FedEx guy showed up. Dan, Dan, didn't you want the princess castle? No, I wanted no. the knight's castle. Oh, Curse oh, you. I would be so sad. You can't trust Was your it? parents. My parents my parents were like, hey, you like it's the eighties, you like music? Here's a Thompson Twins cassette. Like you can't just go to go to the the 
drugstore and buy a tape and say, yeah, it's music from the 80s. We're in the 80s now. He's a kid. Enjoy. Doesn't no. Doctor, doctor. Was it only in the 90s where they would do like if you signed up for a book fair at school, you could potentially get these weird like special edition packets of whatever themed things. Like I remember using – used to get like sign up for the Star Wars special edition packet where you'd get like a a membership packet every month if you paid $12.95 and there would be maybe like a cute little cardboard toy but also like special exclusive content from George Lucas or from like one of the – was that only like a 90s thing? Haven't we spent the past 10 years trying to not get special content from George (laughs) Lucas? Exactly. The opposite. You get to take special content and shove it back into George Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there's a podcast wow wow <laughs> I, i'm still waiting for that movie by the way the people versus george lucas i don't know if it's out yet but i'm i'm ready for that one there's a whole podcast on your christmas list. No, there's Six a whole podcast weeks. there too man yeah. we 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 are gonna you know I, I have to break it to the listeners of the incomparable bad news we have lots of ideas for topics we may be here for a while so if you were waiting for us to give up, <laughs> You're I'm sorry. We might not be able to give up because we got to cover, you know, all the Star Wars. So I just was thinking uh, when Ren was talking about that, I was remembering Star Wars cards and they were uh-huh. like baseball yeah, cards yeah. and there's like the, yeah. the blue cards and then there were the yellow cards and the red cards yeah. and you'd open a pack and it's like, oh, these are the green cards. They're crappy. They're the... <laughs> I collected a whole bunch of those later on in like, I don't remember what year, somewhere in the early 90s maybe that they oh, must have been after that because they had these like widescreen cards that tops came out with that were all like scenes from the star wars movie yeah that's like, that was much that was much later hey greg, i had a ton of those greg you, did, did you and i were of the generation well you may, might have been a little too old for it that when when there was like the boba fett Screw you, sorry <laughs> well uh, no maybe you were the right generation when they like oh. promised the boba fett but they didn't the actually firing deliver backpack? it or no, what was it? Was it no? It was Star Wars action figures in '77 where they where they would sell yeah, you an empty they box. They promised all the action figures, mm-hmm. and you all you got was a box with nothing in it, and the promise of action figures because they Kenner didn't manufacture them in time for the popularity of the movie. So you'd go to the store, and what you'd buy with your money was this empty cardboard box with little pictures of the things that you might get eventually. I never bought action figures, but I do remember that friends had like a Luke who had a lightsaber stuck up his arm. Yeah, yeah. With a little, oh yeah, yeah they, all, they were all slider. Like that. Yeah, but that's the yeah. funny thing about but my parents. Also, not they didn't allow video games. They also, my mother specifically, did not allow weapons. So John, I had, I had the Kenner, oh my, de- my mom Kenner Star Wars that. figures, and they took away all the guns. Are but you they, my Amish? Mom tried that. It didn't work because no, I'm not Amish. I, just my mother was a hippie. But uh, they couldn't take away the lightsabers because they were all inserted into the arms. Although they were well, you the could pull the, you could pull them out. Ever. Oh, you could like you could out, like so. yeah no they didn't figure that but you could like pull out the little plastic insert. But they were the lightsabers sabers ever. Those little plastic. things. Well, but then later on there was one. They're I feel like, like later on I had a Return of the Jedi Luke that actually had a, like a, a detachable lightsaber. Yeah, that, that, that was oh, later when the 12-inch figures. When they the 12-inch figures yeah, had full-size lightsabers. Yeah, the 12-inch figures, the Barbie figures with the yeah. with all of the extra accessories. They're I had Barbie. Barbie. that I loved that had like a removable helmet. Well, they were, on, awesome. the, they were on the same scale as the Barbies. I, yeah. I had – actually, th- thanks for mentioning that, Ren, because I, I got um, – one Christmas I got, a, I got a Barbie Winnebago. And you may be asking, Jason, I didn't know you play with Barbies – I didn't, but my Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock dolls were on the exact same scale. So Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock would take adventures in their shuttlecraft the that was a Winnebago. It had a, I think had I inherited a, the same toy. It had a bathroom, and, and, and you could you could you lift up. It had a retractable kind of metal roof. Yeah, and you I could, had that. I, I, had, I, had I inherited that from one of oh, my man. cousins. That was great. Captain I, Kirk and Mr. Spock, the adventures they had in that Winnebago. Woo! <laughs> I had a 12-inch – you Rated made it sound R. like a week in Cancun. There's a little slash fiction going <laughs> That's on. That's a yeah. little slash wow. fiction. If only I was um, old. I had, a, I had a 12-inch G.I. Joe that had actual uh, stubble on his head and a scar on his face. It was before they made him kids-friendly. He was yeah, an that, angry, was angry post-Vietnam G.I. Yeah. Joe. Yeah, that's wow. how he started out before they shrunk him down into a quote-unquote action figure because boys don't play with dolls. Did he have flashbacks he, um, too? Every once in a while, he would go and slaughter <laughs> Superman. Flashback action. Wow, he was... and Superman! Superman had a rubber uh, uh, bicep muscle that you could wrap a little piece of silver plastic around, and so when you flexed his arm, it would pop the steel band off. Wow, they were so much more clever in those days. I feel like instead of just relying on like battery power and flash light up the well, Transformers well, it, were pretty it, clever. It broke they, almost they were Transformers were pretty cool. Yeah, the original ones. In fact, yeah, Transformers now are terrible. As again, yeah, well, they're, all they're, 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 they're all plastic, right? And, and they're, they don't. Like, we were. We, I had like metal oh, ones when I was in. We know, spent. Yeah. We spent uh, last year uh, a long time trying to find a transformer that was the basic. You know, 
it's a it's a guy who folds up into a car and we couldn't even find any of them because now they're all like in little pieces and like, you stick them together into like animals and crap or or yeah, the super to go to simple ones, to get the old ones where where they where my son had one that he kind of liked but it was super simple where you could push it together and it was a car and then it would press a button and it popped up and it was a robot top in a car which is not well, it no either much, that's not fun so it's it's really the transformers even you know, I blame I mean, Michael. You know Bay. what? I still have all mine. I, I'm, I'm thinking now I should start some sort of like pay well, it forward. All but thing. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go cry now. Wow. Wow. I you did love my... the Transformers so much, but you can't even remember which one it was. So how much did you really love I it? I blocked it out. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. Well, just look at all your Transformers now and see which one is missing. I um, no, I, I, I I I went and bought uh, I bought a Micronaut on eBay a couple years ago. A real yeah, one? I've already bought Lego on, on eBay. Is that for a my euphemism? <laughs> No, I, I I saved my Biotron. Now that's a euphemism, and <laughs> and uh, yet he he vanished. So I blame my parents. I think they threw him away. And so I went on on uh, eBay and I found one. And now he's he stands up uh, on the top of my bookshelf in my bedroom and looks down on me and says, "Foolish, foolish human, I am but a lump of plastic." I'm sure he's not the only thing looking down on you. <laughs> No, there's 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 a bunch of stuff looking down on me from up there. That's what you meant, no, that's Dan, a right? Euphemism. Yeah, that's absolutely what I meant. Not a euphemism at all. Pretty much everybody else on the podcast is looking down on Jason. <laughs> yeah, after some of the stories I heard today, I I'm not so sure about that. We're on the same dirty slow plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. So, well, I think that we've done enough damage for one day. So, um, I would like to thank my guests for joining me today for this special holiday-filled edition of the Incomparable. So, uh, thank you, Dan Morin. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you, John Syracuse. Thank you, Greg Noss. Thank you again. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And Ren Caldwell, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure as always. All right. And until next time, this is Jason Snell. Thanks for listening to The Incomparable. Happy holidays from everyone at The Incomparable Podcast. Visit us at theincomparable.com. Dan is coming. That's why he's not here. Yes, thank you. Wow. We'll put that on the end with all of the other, uh, in the Syracuse slot, as I'll, I'll now call it. Yeah, I appreciated that last time, although I think it went a little long. You just got to get the, the, the little nuggets. Like if someone makes a strange uh, noise during the thing or says a weird word, just that one word can be the thing. Or you can have two minutes of talking. You know? I'm glad to have you here to, to uh, explain the proper format for the junk that gets left at the end. I'm, I'm oh. an excellent source of things that other people should do that I don't have to do. One day we might have a podcast where there isn't anything left in the, on the cutting room floor. The perfect podcast. Sadly, today is not that day. No. Today we dream about it. Listen to that. I wonder what that means. It means it is time. No, see, I can't say that because then there's no context, right? It's time for the impo- Imponderable Podcast. I do that every time. Stop, stop, stop. Stop with the music. <laughs> Jinx yourself talking about the perfect podcast. I know. I know. You can't talk about it. It totally ruins it. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> Excuse me. The spoiler horn has come in. Damn coleslaw. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. It's a long podcast. Deep God knows it's a long podcast. <laughs>